0: Well, we've learned a little more about the baseball mess with Alabama and who are the three most important recruits at the three most important positions for Alabama this year.
1: Locked on Bama, your daily podcast on the Alabama Crimson Tide.
0: Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody, and welcome back into Locked on Bama. Luke Robinson, it's me, Jimmy Stein, it's him. Yeah, Jimmy, we have found out a little bit more since we last spoke about the baseball mess. Everybody knows about the, the, the gambling issue. I, I mean, I don't know what else to call it, um, but I'll say this. Um, boy, if, if what has been uh, said and what has been accused is true, boy, Brad Bohannon looks really dumb. I mean, it just looks dumb. I don't know what else to say about it. I mean, like, buy a rectal thermometer at a yard sale, dumb. I mean, just <laughs> not smart at all. I mean, how are you going to uh, – sorry, I got a little something on my computer. I had to get it off. My OCD was speaking in. Um,
1: how I'm, you, sure. I'm wondering about that person at the, the yard sale that, that would ask. Hey, you don't happen to have
0: that, do you? Yeah, I'm looking for a rectal thermometer. Well, I've happened to have one here. How do you know it works? Well, my mom used it. Um, anyway. Uh, <laughs> anyway. Uh, so apparently he was on the phone with the guy placing the bet in Cincinnati. And they have video evidence of this. Any bet against Alabama. I mean, I-, I feel so bad for the kids. I mean, oh, yeah. I hate to be like... Um, Reverend, Reverend, Reverend Lovejoy's wife, but somebody think about the children. I mean, this (laughs) is just awful. And kudos to the, kudos to those very kids, by the way, for taking two of three against Vandy this weekend. That was a big deal, and kudos to them. And look, Alabama's probably squarely in this uh, NCAA tournament. Now, a couple of things I want to ask you. First of all, it, it does this all jive with what you know? I mean, I, by the way, this has been such a national story. It's been all over Sirius XM College. Um, and secondly, do you feel like there's any reason to worry about the baseball program and NCAA troubles?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I do. Uh, I don't worry right now in the sense that I think, oh, no, we've got significant serious sanctions coming, too, on top of everything else. Uh, there's no reason to believe that right now, but don't stick your head in the sand over this because this is not the situation where a lot of times when a coach behaves in some sort of a criminal manner or does something against the law, we just think, Oh, uh, kind of like, like Penn state football or Baylor, you know, and their, their problems. We we tend to not think of it like, well, that's a legal thing. It's not NCA thing. So the law is going to handle that. It's got nothing to do with the NCA. This is different. This is definitely the NCA the, the NCA this is a definite violation of NCAA rules. Thus, we are subject to NCAA sanctions. Um, Now, obviously, it appears from the facts as we know it that the moment Alabama became aware of this, uh, that the coach was immediately fired, that no players or other coaches were involved in any way. It was a one-man thing. We find out he was fired. Typically, in, in, in NCAA history and particularly in recent history, um, that should probably keep Alabama out of serious sanctions. But don't be surprised uh, if the NCA uh, comes to baseball. They sort of have to. They sort of have to ask the questions, and that's fine. Um, but, yeah, uh, I, I think that – I wouldn't say it's a, it's a worry. Uh, I, I think it's fair to say it's a concern because here they come. But, you know, if it's just limited to this, I wouldn't guess – that Alabama faces uh, the prospect of significant sanctions.
0: Yeah, I mean, what are they going to do? Come around and go, y'all have been sucking, but you could have been sucking even more. <laughs> I mean, we've been in one NCAA tournament in six years, so I'm, okay. I'm not, I'm not going to be too terribly worried about this. Especially, look, if you're going to commit some kind of NCAA violation, by the way, uh, there's no evidence at all, and in fact, everybody believes that this was just a Brad Bohannon thing, and um, we don't know if it was a longstanding thing. But I I would think something that helps our case is, hey, he was betting against us. Now, if something comes Uh up that he was betting uh, that he was – that somebody else on the team knew about it, because he is the scorer, I would assume he can manipulate the roster and and fix a game that way without anybody else even knowing. Because, I mean, you can say, hey, I just – you know, I'm calling it back spasms, you know,
1: whatever. Yeah, yeah exactly. He scratched a starting pitcher, but you know, I, I know that that looks bad on the surface, but uh, I, I, per word, Luke Coleman had been battling this for a while. There wasn't yeah. even a new thing about the bat. It wasn't like, wow, that came out of nowhere. It was like, I, I think that's something he had been struggling with. So I, I don't, and, and early word and Hey, my early word in this was, was, was sort of wrong. So I'm not going to be paraded around, <laughs> but the early word now that, that, Uh, you know, that I believe anyway, is that uh, they're really looking for moves that he made or things that he did to put Alabama at disadvantage, struggling to find that. And and as me and and you have already talked about uh, on our our previous shows, this team sort of famously, when you look at this team and who they've beaten and who they've lost to, there are no clear patterns. I mean, it. This is a team that generally has beaten the teams they're supposed to be and lost to the teams they should lose to in general. Now, of course, you can pick out, well, there's this here and this here. But uh, in general, it's not like this is a juggernaut team that has a lot of inexplicable losses. In fact, it could be as simple as Bo Hannon's guy in Cincinnati calls and says, do you guys have any chance to beat LSU tonight? And Bo Hannon says, uh, no, uh, they're much better than we are. Oh, and uh, I, I think I have to scratch my picture anyway. So, uh, no, no, not much of a chance. And that would be a fair analysis of the situation. she was heavily favored in the game for, for good reason, and they did win the game. It doesn't necessarily mean that Bohannon engineered the loss. This wasn't the Yankees losing to the A's.
0: Yeah, it's not the Black Sox scandal, but – the fact that Alabama is so consistent at who they win against and who they lose to, you would think Brad Bowen should have been cleaning up. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, mean I, I get
1: frustrated when I see things like like uh, Alabama's been throwing games. Well, which one did they throw when they won like the first seventeen of the season and were seventeen and zero? Yeah. I mean, I mean, and, and I know there's a lot of SEC losses, but but the Minnesota Twins would have SEC losses too. I mean, last year's national champion finished 14-16 and 16
0: in the SEC. You're going to lose SEC games. It doesn't matter how good you are. Yeah, it's – boy, You, I, I do have this mental image of when we start all the season, 16 17 you know, whatever we did, like Bo Hannon's in, in the dugout just biting his fingernails like, would you SOBs ever lose, please? <laughs> uh,
1: I told I told all my betting friends that we, we weren't good. And look at y'all. Look at y'all. Well, Stop this.
0: Maybe that, just, maybe that speaks to how bad of a manager he is. He, we were trying to lose. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's t- let me tell everybody about FanDuel uh, because right now new customers can get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's $1,000 back in bonus bets. First bet doesn't win. You can go to uh, FanDuel.com slash locked on. You can bet on the – the 76ers and the Celtics are about to play. You can bet on the Lakers and the Warriors. That's been sort of a weird series so far. You can bet on baseball. You know, I think the Braves and the Orioles are playing right now. Um, FanDuel.com, special like Who won? Braves won 12 innings. God almighty, do y'all ever lose? This has been a good
1: Braves team. Only three other Braves teams have started out with a record this good through uh, 35 games.
0: FanDuel.com slash No sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's FanDuel.com slash FanDuel is official bed and partner of the NBA and of Major League Baseball. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So tomorrow we're going to keep talking uh, all things recruiting as we're about to get into recruiting right now, but we're also going to get into Jimmy's roster countdown. That's something that we do every year. That's a lot of fun. Appreciate everybody chiming in on the which team would win on the All-Saban draft. That was a lot of fun. We We never really determined – uh, we might do that tomorrow, too, because, t- you know, today we had already decided we we're going to talk a little bit about recruiting. And so let's go that route. Jimmy, um, what are the three most important positions when it comes to Alabama football recruiting this year? And therefore, who are the three most important recruits at each of those respective positions? Well, yeah, let uh, take yeah, them yeah, one at good. a time, though. Don't don't announce them all. Take them one at a time. we got to build suspense.
1: Yeah, this was on our board the other day. I thought it was a great question. Somebody asked uh, of me and, and Andrew Bone and Joseph Hastings, you know, uh, what, what, what's, what's the most critical position uh, this year in this particular class uh, that Alabama's putting together? What's my, and in my mind, uh, it starts with DB, believe it or not, uh, defensive back, because because of the transfer portal and other things, we're really low in numbers there. Uh, I think ideally you would like to have around 16 defensive backs on scholarship. It looks like this year's team is going to have 12. That's that's so low. I I think it's going to have a legit effect on freshmen playing. Uh, I I don't know that any freshman will redshirt uh, in in this DB class of Jaleel Hurley and Des Ricks and uh, Caleb Downs and Bray Hubbard. Uh, I I think all of them may play because there simply isn't enough depth to assume you're going to get through the season without needing those guys. So, uh, I think DB is important because the numbers are low. I think for the exact same reason, I would go offensive line number two. Uh, the numbers are low. You'd like to have 15, there's 13. Uh, a couple of freshmen will undoubtedly play uh, right now. That's Caden Proctor. Miles McVeigh ended the spring as a number two right tackle. It had been Wilton Formby. Well, like McVeigh may have moved a little bit ahead of him at the end of spring, which is super interesting. But I think offensive line is number two. And number three, I would say the defensive line, the numbers there are really good. As a matter of fact, you're sort of over. Like if you're under in a couple spots, that means you're over in a couple spots. And we're over on the defensive line. But the defensive line doesn't have a lot of big-time stars uh, or guys that appear to be certain future stars. So I would say the defensive line needs a talent infusion. So I would call that the third most important uh, position group in terms of this class. That was my opinion, D.B., then O.L. and then the D. Uh, I picked out one player at each spot in terms of, like, who would be most critical at each of those spots. And uh, the answer that I came up with surprised even myself.
0: Well, I look forward to hearing who these are. I will say, say this. I want to throw this in there because um, this is somebody who just left the Alabama program. Traquan Fagans uh, has just committed to USC. Of course, he transferred out of Alabama, and uh, now he will be playing collegiately at USC. I just find that a little interesting.
1: Yeah, super interesting to me. Uh, My first thing is, I'm not being critical. I'm happy for him. This is is what he thinks is best for his career, him and his family. Uh, Fine. It's certainly an ascending program. It's certainly a top-notch elite program, and we all know, I think, where USC is headed uh, with the way they're recruiting. Uh, but, But my question would be, uh Traquan you were having a little trouble breaking into the two deep at Alabama that's why you left because you're like gosh that look like I'm gonna get on the field this fall although I'm not sure why a redshirt freshman would expect that in Alabama but it appears from the outside that's why he left is because I'm not cracking the two deep are you sure you're gonna crack the two deep there you know they recruit too they recruit too and they not only recruit they recruit Pretty similarly to Alabama and the Georges and the Ohio States. I mean, not far off, if not equal to. So, uh, hey, good choice, good program, fun play, sort of the end thing. Bronny commits there yesterday. Uh, but, gosh, Traquan, if you committed to play, I hope for your sake that you get the sh- to stroll into first or second team uh, like, like it was not happening in Alabama. And hopefully that's the case for you. I'll be pulling for him, sort
0: of. Could some of this be nil situation too, though? I mean, I, the problem here's the thing: nil situation at USC it is interesting because your dollar doesn't go as far as your nil at Alabama. <laughs> That's true. Hopefully, he has an agent that
1: that can explain these sort of things. Uh, and hey, uh, I, I say this all the time, and I'm not going to change. I'm just. First of all, whenever there's anything weird in recruiting right now, like something happens in recruiting and you go, that makes sense. NIL. NIL is going to explain that a a huge chunk of the time. If you're confused by Fagan's choice, and I'm a little confused again, because that just doesn't seem like, hey, if I'm leaving Alabama because there's no playing time, why am I going to another elite top 10 program? Um, But maybe it's NIL related. I think as we all know, You know, USC has used NIL, you know, sort of famously and maybe the Jordan Addison case, maybe quarterbacks and Caleb and a lot of that Oklahoma roster following Lincoln Riley to USC. Could be, I just know this, Alabama's NIL is very competitive. Uh, Another thing that will frustrate me uh, that I have to respond to on our board and to comments is people that get upset when Alabama lost somebody due to NIL and they're like, why don't we do it? We just signed the number one recruiting class in the entire country. I mean, we do it. You wouldn't be number one in the whole country unless you are, at minimum, highly competitive in the NIL arena. So, yes, Alabama's not going to sign every kid or keep every kid. And the New York Yankees, who have an unlimited Major League Baseball budget compared to everyone else, do they sign every free agent? No, they don't. It's it's there is what you would call fiscal sanity for people who run businesses. So uh, you're not going to sign every kid or, or, or fit them all in under whatever nil budget
0: there is. All right, Jimmy. Let's take a break. Then I'm going to let you break down each of these important recruits in each of these respective positions when we come back. And we're back. So, uh, Jimmy, tell us. So you know, is there somebody? Uh, do you have a producer in the background it feels yes, like no. you look off to the side and like uh, no. sort of give a nod like like you, you've you got a lawyer back there
1: <laughs> no uh to be honest there's a, a tv over there and every now and then it catches my attention so there's a, there's just simply a tv over there and i'm very bra- uh, i was actually glancing at it because i'm inadvertently breaking my own rules the usfl is on my tv and i uh sort of famously or at least to myself I refuse to participate in all professional spring leagues. I don't like any of it. And um, I'm worried that uh, through Dish Network, somebody at Dish is going, oh, check out uh, Stein in Tuscaloosa. He's finally watching the USFL. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. I'm recording a show. If I could
0: make it my way to the remote, I would turn it off. I, I, I do want to throw this out there before you get into these positions. Um, I just found out that I've always had direct TV. And the main reason I've always kept direct TV is for the NFL Sunday ticket. I just found out the Sunday tickets going to YouTube and I'm super pissed. Not offered by direct. No, you can only get it on YouTube. Correct.
1: Wow. That's massive. That's, that's confusing too, because you would think, the NFL would want that available to all providers.
0: Well, I think I asked somebody at Directv about this because I was like, "I'm going to have to cancel you guys." I, I mean, I I can't justify paying what I pay for y'all with with no NFL ticket. And he go, "I go, why didn't y'all bid on this?" They go, "We did bid. They bid double." And right. I was like, "Okay." Oh, hey, I mean, should triple because um, this is a big deal.
1: Yeah, I've uh, lost my ability to watch the Braves every single day, so I'm um, I'm not uh, at all about the state of sports and television right now. We're obviously transitioning to uh, to a streaming society as it relates, and and we're all going to have to adjust. And uh, but it doesn't mean that I'm I'm happy with with any of it. All right, get into your position stuff. I just had to yeah. complain. That's good. Uh, my answer surprised myself because, okay, so, so now I'm asked, okay, those are the three positions. What's the one player at each spot you would love for Alabama to sign at each spot? And I gave it some real thought. I even looked through the offer list and, 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 and just kind of reviewed notes and rankings and, and came up with, with realistic, you know, not, not guys that I'm projecting Alabama to sign, but guys Alabama could sign. And uh, at DB, which I picked as the most important uh, spot, I picked uh, Bolden from Georgia, KJ Bolden from from Buford. Uh, I, I think he is the best defensive back in the country that Alabama has a realistic chance to sign. But we don't lead on Bolden. Uh, as a matter of fact, we might not be in the top three or four right now. So that's a little a little alarming. But for those that think I just wasted that prediction or that projection or that wish list, uh, look back 365 days ago, and Alabama went in the top three or four for Caleb Downs. Caleb Downs was thought to be going to Georgia or Ohio State. Alabama was a distant third, if that. But then Caleb visited in the spring and early summer. It changed everything. The exact same thing could happen with Bolden, Uh, who's from a similar neck of the woods there. And, uh, you know, I, I think Bolden's the best DB. Plus, it's big whenever Alabama signs a kid from Georgia that Georgia wants, right? Because not only now do you have Bolden, Georgia doesn't. Georgia will be replacing him, obviously, with a slightly lesser kid. So uh, Bolden would be the huge pickup for me at defensive back. You, you could have a different opinion. That's the way I looked at it uh, now. And also, I should say committed to Alabama right now, Jalen Imbakwe may have even been more important than Bolden because he's the number one player in Alabama. I love Jalen and He's a guy we really need to decide. He is committed to us. But I was thinking more in terms of who's uncommitted that we'd like to add. And, and not uh, just copping out on the, well, we've already got that guy. It's in Bakwe.
0: Okay. What about the other two splots? On um, the offensive, the on the
1: offensive line that I looked at next, a uh, weird year for offensive line. At right now doesn't appear to be a good year in state at all. Alabama likes an offensive lineman from Brookwood. Uh, they haven't decided whether to, 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 to give him the green light. That's going to be a camp decision, I believe, uh, but a really good player named William Sanders. But it, it's not a – a good year in state. And here's the, the kicker, the weird part. It's not a good year uh, regionally, meaning it's not a great year in the South for offensive linemen. And, and so you're like, oh, they must all be out West or in Texas. No, no, it's just not a good year anywhere. It's just not a good offensive line year. However, Alabama could really need about five. You need a big group and they're out there. They're out there. It's not like, oh, well, there's less than five good players. Of course, there's more than five good players. I'm just saying it's much fewer targets than usual. And even worse for us, they're sort of nationally spread out. And they're not, you know, Alabama, Georgia, Tennessee, Louisiana. But I think a guy we got a great shot at who, who I would take among all others on the offensive line, also from Georgia, this big dude, Daniel Calhoun, Alabama's been recruiting him for two or three years, fits right in with Alabama's recent string of Massive, oversized, jumbo linemen. Those seem to be the guys Eric Walford likes. Uh, the only thing he likes more than a really big offensive lineman is a bigger one. Uh, and Daniel Calhoun fits in. You're talking about a guy who's going to show up at 36, giving Alabama strength and conditioning staff the idea to, you know, to shape his body and get him ready for SEC play. But Daniel Calhoun is an awesome prospect. And a lot like the Bolden situation, Luke, with Calhoun, it's, it's a win for us. That means a loss for Georgia. So uh, that would be really big if Alabama pulls it off. Here's a kid who's likely to make a summer decision, too. I don't think this one's going to go all the way to signing day. And uh, unlike Bolden, who today I would say it's a little bit of a long shot for Alabama today, uh, with Calhoun, uh, I think if Alabama or Georgia were no worse than second, we're probably lead uh, or at least neck and neck. We got a real good chance with Daniel Calhoun.
0: Okay, and finally.
1: Yeah, and with the uh, last spot, the defensive line spot, here we go again. Back to Buford in Georgia, right? Uh, Edric Houston, uh, probably my favorite kid in the cycle, uh, him or a, a all-purpose player from Texas named Bussy. Uh, I, I love Edric Houston. He's a guy, Luke. I know when I say this, people go, that doesn't happen in recruiting. Give me a break. I mean, that doesn't happen. It actually can and does a little bit, but I would sign Edric Houston on no more than the eye test. And by that, I mean, I look at Edric Houston, and I'm like, he's a take. And I know that sounds ridiculous. And I bet Nick Saban would never admit it, but I think Saban does it too. And I think Saban greenlighted lighted Edric Houston just by simply looking at a photo of his, of his driver's license. I mean, Edric Houston looks like a Sunday ball player. Uh, he's reminding me more and more, Luke, of uh, I, there's a real good comp for him. At, at first, I wasn't sure. At first, this was a struggle comp for me. But the more I've watched the tape, the more I've seen him, the more I project. This kid's Jonathan Allen, who I know is one of your all-time favorites at Alabama, uh, should be every well, everyone's, you know, list of all-time favorites should include Jonathan Allen, certainly does for me. This kid's a lot like him, and he's a lot like him in every way. He's similarly sized at the same age a highlight tape where they show similar skills. And here's a kid, Luke, that I think is going to show up at Alabama about 255 and leave Alabama about 290. And Jonathan Allen did the same thing. and He's having a great career uh, for the Washington Commanders and is one of the better defensive linemen in the NFL and one of the great leaders in Alabama history. My understanding of Edrick and his personality very similar there. Uh, is Alabama going to be able to land him? Uh, Yet another, of course, Alabama-Georgia battle. Too early to call. Alabama definitely in the thick of it. In my mind, all three of these guys, I don't care where they're ranked by any of the services, including on three, in my mind, all three of those guys are 5 stars, and I think that's where they will end the process, all as certified 5 stars or even five-plus players. I love love Edward Houston for player in the whole cycle.
0: Does having any of these guys, former teammates on the team, help at all? Sure, sure.
1: Uh, it, 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 it it absolutely doesn't hurt when these kids can go to a program where they already have friends. They already know people. And, hey, if you know people, you know more than that, right? We all have friends. We might not all be big-time football players, but all of us have friends, right? And, and mo- a lot of us went to college. And when you went to college and you had a friend there, that friend, he had other friends. And you met them. So – not only would Edric be friends with Justice Haynes, now Haynes is pals with the other running backs and other people on the team. So when Edric comes to hang out with Justice Haynes, Justice is like, hey, here's Roy Dell. This is my dude, J.M. Miller. And hey, check out on defense. Uh, my best pal over there is, you know, Justin Jefferson. I mean, so you know a lot of people for that reason. So it's definitely a good thing. Does it? Anything is a lock. Particularly when we talk about these kids, NIL is going to be a big part of things. Anytime you're now, Luke, that you're talking about a five star. You know, I, I think NIL is a thing for all kids, but for quarterbacks and five stars, NIL is gonna be a big thing for all of them. And 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 again, Alabama signed several five stars in the last cycle. They'll uh they'll probably do pretty well again. You just won't be able to sign every one of them.
0: I like the idea of introducing them to, or telling them you're going to introduce them to Justin Jefferson, and then, uh, like, right at the last second, you say, "Hey, you know, we're going to meet some of my friends: Rodell Williams, Jace McClellan, Jam Miller, uh, Justin Jefferson." They go, "Really? Go, yeah." And like right before you get there, you go, "Not that Justin Jefferson. Just letting you know, not that." Yeah, it's a different. It's a completely different one. Slightly different. Slightly, slightly different. different. But I mean, you build some, build some excitement in them, and like. They automatically have like a good feeling about it, and maybe that just our Justin Jefferson becomes just as popular as the other Justin Jefferson who's doing okay in the NFL. So, um, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, that's going to do it for today's podcast. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. By the way, Jimmy, yesterday I'm driving to go get a dessert after I ate at Maki Fresh right here on 280. Shout out to Maki Fresh, and um, I go to the next door there like a marble slab creamy. I'm going to get a. a, a a cookie or something because I've I always have to have a dessert now. Just, that's just where I am in life. And, um, as I'm, I'm listening to college, I mean, serious college XM or whatever. And they say, uh, the, the host is talking about something random. Like, uh, I can't remember maybe realignment. And he said, you know, as so-and-so said on locked on big 12 this week, and I was like, Whoa. So this serious XM thing is really taking off between this partnership. It. Yeah. We've made it. Well, Locked on Big Twelve has. I don't know where we fall yet, but uh Locked on Big Twelve. So I thought that was very cool they get a shout out there because um you know maybe you will see or hear there's a
1: show on Sirius called Old Takes Exposed, and they will they will often say as the guys on Locked on Bama say said
0: Said this the guys who are at a yard sale said (laughs) all right Oh, Here's buddy, one of the biggest will... things they
1: said on Lock On Bama. That Saban thing is not going to work. What are the What are we thinking?
0: We'll build a statue to Mike Shula. They said. Okay. <laughs> All right. We'll talk tomorrow. Until then, roll yeah. tide, everybody. Roll tide.